Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and a videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're here in Taipei, Taiwan, exploring this amazing uh, country, and we're going to be actually making a circle around. So make sure you check out our blog, daddyblogger.com, for a lot of pictures, videos, blog posts. And of course, as we're traveling, we love interviewing fellow digital nomads, and I have one on the show here today. Her name is Tali Love. Uh, she's actually joining us live from Fort Myers Beach, Florida. She is the founder of Pretty Brown Nomad, a great website to inspire you on your travels and your digital nomad journey. She also she is also the creator of Smart and Resourceful. So we're going to be talking about Tali's uh, travels and, of course, her business and tips for you guys to also uh, start your own uh, nomadic journey. She's also released a travel planner, so a great resource to equip our nomad and internet marketing friends from around the world. So Tali, how are you doing over there in beautiful Florida today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Ricky. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Uh, so Tali, we usually start our show off by getting to know uh, our guests. So why don't you share a little bit of your backstory and uh, uh, let us know a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Uh, thank you, first of all, for having me here. And hello, everybody. It's wonderful to be here. It's crazy. Just a year and a half ago, I would have been looking at something like this from my bedroom um, uh, You know, after finishing a day at the office. And so it's really wonderful to be able to be able to share today. Um, a little bit about me. So like I said, a year and a half ago, I started this journey. Uh, I still can't believe it sometimes to this day that I did it. I struggled in corporate America for a number of reasons. Um, it just it just was not for me and a number of personal reasons why it just wasn't working for me. And I could not figure out what I was going to do and how I was going to live my life. I am very, very ambitious, very, very business and goal oriented. But that traditional corporate nine to five thing was not working for me. And what happened was I found myself seeing a lot of content such as this and learning about nomads. And when I first heard about it, it was just kind of like, yeah, right. Those people, they do that. And I always say that it always appeared to be young white males, uh, maybe taking that gap year. And here I am close to middle age, black woman, <laughs> you know, have, having very limited experience with travel, um, didn't even know what a gap year was until my mid thirties. I'm like, what, what is that? You know? And so I felt like, man, it's too late for me. So I kind of blew it out of my mind. I thought, yeah, those people do it, but we know how, um, pixels and marketing works. Now, once you see it one time and you click on it and show interest, it's going to keep popping up and popping up and popping up. And so I kept seeing more and more things. And it was just something that was in my mind. And I started to think back on, you know, since I was a little girl, I would picture myself on yachts and planes and trains. And um, this is in the middle of environments where people weren't, were barely taking road trips. So, you know, to be this young and to have these thoughts about travel, I just started to remember that and I believe I started to allow myself to think about it and just maybe believe a little bit. And so it caused me to start researching. And the more I researched, the more I realized, you know what, people have done this and there's a certain steps that you can take. And I wanted to give myself a chance because I did lose my dream job um, in September of 
2016, I was so frustrated with trying to do the same thing over and over again and, and never being able to yield different results. And I thought, I'm just going to give myself a chance. I started selling everything, um, you know, my dream BMW, my nice loft, my Italian leather furniture, my designer bags, my shoes. I started selling this stuff and thinking, have I lost it? Have I lost <laughs> you know, um, but it was just, it was this calling and a part of me was like, oh, I'm just going to go do it for three months and see what happens. And then three months in, it's like, oh, I'm gonna give it another three months. And then, you know, it go on, go on and on. And here I am, um, a little over a year and a half later and I'm just, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a blast. Um, it works. It works if you work it. So here I am. Here you are indeed. And, uh, you know, you and me both, we definitely don't fit that uh, digital nomad stereotype of, you know, young, white, 20-year-old uh, uh, traveler around the world. I just turned 41, married with three kids. And, uh, you know, we're definitely uh, breaking that stereotype by being trailblazers and, uh, you know, uh, showing that the digital nomad journey is for everyone. You can do it in your 20s, 30s, 40s. 50s, 60s, and beyond. You can do it single, married, divorced. You can do it with kids, without kids. You can do it male, female, straight, gay, religious, non-religious. So it definitely fits everyone all of the above. Answer letter D. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of your own journey, so you quit uh, corporate America. You mentioned you sold a lot of your stuff, your BMW, your house, your furniture, your you know, uh, important, valuable stuff. And then you started traveling. Tell us about your travel journey. So you're from Florida. Where all did you travel? Where is the last year and a half taking you in terms of travel itself? Well, I'm not from Florida at all. This is actually, I had been to Florida briefly once, but this is my first time actually spending a great deal of time in Florida. I'm originally from Louisiana. Um, since my journey, I have no home base. I am 100% nomadic. Um, I was born in Louisiana. I moved from Texas. Uh, the first place that I went was Canada. Well, I took a domestic trip and went to uh, Denver, but I don't think that counts. Shortly after I left from Denver, I went to Canada. I spent a couple of months there and broke myself in. From Canada, I went to Thailand. I spent some time in Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai, Bangkok. From there, oh gosh, I, this journey, I'm going to leave something out, but I'll try. From there, I went to um, uh, Siem Reap, Cambodia, uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, um, Havana, Cuba, all different parts of Spain, London. Um, gosh, I could go on and on. I don't even want to try. I need to sit down and write that down, but just several. I just, I've been on the move. And when I first started, I would travel about sometimes every two and a half weeks to a month. Now I've slowed down and I'm traveling every two and a half months to three months, which is ideal for me. So, so you're, you're a little bit more of the slow traveler. You have different types of travelers, people who are like moving every two or three days. Then you have some people who are kind of like you said, two or three months. Then you have some people who are maybe like six months to a year. So you're kind of mid range, I would say. Uh, so in terms of your travel style, uh, are you basically staying at Airbnbs, hotels, hostels, homestays, digital nomad houses, all of the above? Tell us a little bit about your travel style. Yeah. So before I started my nomadic journey and even before I knew that I would really do the nomadic journey. So I was learning about different ways to travel and I heard about hostels again. I'm in my thirties. I'm like, what is a hostel? Oh, okay. I want to try that. So I tried that before I did the nomadic journey and I, I, I attempted to do that when I went um, for a trip to Paris that lasted like a night and I needed to get out. 
No offense to anybody that likes hostels, <laughs> but hostels are not for me. And so I knew on my nomadic journey that a hostel would be nowhere in my plan. Um, ideally, the majority of my stays are through Airbnb. I stay in Airbnb a lot. I'm in an Airbnb now. Um, but I also have mixed that up a bit. I have done really well with some house sitting opportunities. And so I've been able to master that and learn how to do that. Um, I think that you know, if a person's listening to that, um, for me, it's about being very selective and careful and making those decisions and knowing how to do that. And I'm, I'm very good at that. Also, I've had a limited amount of experience with Workaway, um, where I've met people. And what I tend to do with Workaway is I try to get situations that can kind of bleed into my business, my business where I help I help small businesses and solopreneurs with their branding and their marketing. And so typically when I do a workaway assignment, it's me working with a person that needs that kind of help. And so I'm able to go in and help them while in exchange for housing, in exchange for being in that, that area, as well as gaining a client. So, um, yeah, there's a mix of that. I have done um, rentals within people's homes, and I specifically like renting a room in someone's home for instance, when I was in Sri Lanka, because I really wanted that experience of being with a local um, and being in the home with someone. So yeah, there's a little bit of variety there. Um, I wouldn't say that I am a luxury traveler, but I'm definitely not your budget stay in a tent or stay in a hostel traveler either. I want something that is comfortable and nice. And I typically tell people that I typically look for, as far as being economical, I'm looking for a small and modern. You know, when you can kind of um, give up on this idea of space, you can typically find things that are in great locations, have all of the modern conveniences, if you're able to, to just say, hey, you know, I don't need that much space. And that's typically the way I work when I'm looking for Airbnb. Sounds great, uh, Tally. And you mentioned the stereotype, you know, about the, the, the white male uh, traveling in the 20s. There's also another digital nomad stereotype of uh, digital nomads who are fun all the time. They're always smiling, always at beaches, and uh, there's always happiness. But that stereotype is so untrue because any entrepreneur will know there's ups and downs financially, loneliness, there's uh, Wi-Fi issues. Uh, that's why one of the things on our show is we like to be real and share the personal side, also, also the struggles, the challenges, the difficulties. So tell us about your year and a half. I'm sure you've had several different challenges. Tell us about some of them. Yeah, you know, um, I think I want to go back to the stereotypes you talk about. So I recently put out an ebook called How to Be a Modern Day Nomad on Your Own Terms for the responsible adult that has a lot to lose, okay? And I think that for me, a big part of the struggle was prior to starting, during the is the perception that people have about us. Um, I continue to run into this. If a person, for instance, if a person knows a traveler and they remember travelers from the 70s or even the 80s before the internet, before we became these travelers that are professionals that are working, there's this certain stereotype surrounding, oh, a traveler. So that's a Oh gosh, what's the, I'll just tell you what this guy just said. He said, I thought of you all were dirty hippies. You know what I mean? Or um, <laughs> you're out doing things that are unethical or illegal to make a way. And I think that a big part of the struggle for me was trying to stay connected with people that are outside of our world, uh, trying to um, get people to 
understand it, you know, just, it was even down to, I'm three months in and people were like, so when is your vacation over? It's like, it's not a vacation or are you ever going to go back to work? I'm like, I work 24 seven. I work so much, you know what I mean? Or even, you know, down to just how people relate and the assumptions that they've made about who you are and that you're so irresponsible or that you're running away from life or that you are aloof or not connected. And it's like, we live in a different world now, you know, you're way on the other side of the world and we're having a conversation, you know, it, no longer are the days that I have to be sitting under you for me to prove to you that I am committed or that I'm, I'm all engaged. Um, no longer are the days that I have to hitchhike around and sell my body to be able to go to the next location. No offense to anybody who's doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, to each his own, but I just think that I've struggled with the idea, the ideas or lack of ideas that people have surrounding um, what I'm doing, or it's like, oh, you know, you're, you gotta be doing something illegal or, oh, what did you steal? Or, oh, clearly you're rich, you know? And it's just like this lack of faith in the process. And I think you're right. I think that um, a lot of people do sell it and we glamorize it. It's a part of the job. I, I, I glamorize. I just took some pics out on the beach. I'm here at the beachfront. I ran out and took pics at the beach and I'm going <laughs> to post the pic and it's going to look like, oh, wonderful. You know what I mean? But nobody's seeing how I had to wake up early in the morning and catch the right light and, you know, just all the different things that we have to, to go through. And it gets a lot harder than catching light, just, just so everyone knows. It can get really hard out here, especially when you don't you're jumping into a territory that you know nothing about. But yeah, for me, most of it was relating to and continues to be relating to people that are not in this world that just don't get it um, and just trying to get them to see it, trying to get them to grasp it and understand it and respect it. Have some respect for it. You know, I'm still the same professional that I was in corporate America. I still have meetings all day. I still have deadlines. I still have to use my brain. I'm still doing research. I'm still creating things um, more so than I ever was when I was stuck in an office. And so I just, that's, that's been the struggle. And that's what I want people to see and understand. And people that see me and I know that they can see, you know, she looks pretty professional. She doesn't look like she's out at raves and doing drugs and drinking and partying all the time. And so that's what my ebook is about so that people that are responsible, they have, you know, families and assets and things like that. What are they going to do with those things so that they can come out and live this life too? Yeah, absolutely, Tali. And you actually have a website where you're documenting your journey. It's called Pretty Brown Nomad. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. When did you start it up and what are the major themes and topics you're writing about on your site? Yeah, so about six months after traveling, um, a friend of mine kept saying, you need to write a blog. And I kept fighting it. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do a blog. <laughs> I kept fighting it. And now I love the blog so, so much. Um, basically, I do any and everything on the blog. And eventually, I'm going to need to change that. From a marketing point of view, I'm learning more and more the importance of being a little bit more strategic with my blog. But for, for the most part now, it has been a bit of a storefront for me, a place for people to go and kind of learn about me and see what it is that I'm doing. Definitely a place where I can share my journey with people, share the places that I'm going and the experiences that I'm doing. It's definitely work at working as a marketing funnel as I partner and brand with uh, travel organizations and then some other brands as well. I'm able to work with them. 
um, on on the blog. Um, and just to highlight some of my writing so I'm able to get other writing gigs and things like that. So it's just, you know, it works for networking purposes. It just has a bunch of different purposes and, and I love it. It's been really good for me. Sounds great. And uh, you know, one of the, uh, the objections to people traveling is this whole money side of things. And uh, you mentioned, obviously, sometimes you're working way more than a 95 corporate job. You're working 24-7, burning the midnight oil, working different time zones when you're in places like Asia. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, the work side of things. Uh, tell us about your business and what kind of products and services you are offering your clients. Yeah, so I worked way harder than I probably should have in the beginning. And so I think that there's trial and error and you learn things. Um, and I think that if anybody's listening, they're looking into a nomadic journey, I would always advise them to do things different than I did. I did a whole lot more DIY in the beginning than I should have done. I believe that maybe a decade ago, that was the smart way to go. But the way that business is going now, I would highly advise making some investments in software, tools, coaches, um, things to kind of support you in your business because there's a lot of people out here. The competition is great. And while I look like I'm a solopreneur, I wasn't able to truly advance until I got a bit of a team behind me. So I just, I just want to put that out there. And so I think that what has happened with me as far as <clears throat> creating income and creating things, I had to get to a place where my business was scalable. So I went from acting as this little uh, virtual assistant that could help people. Let me help you on some stuff while I'm traveling. Let me write an article here and there while I'm traveling. I ended up finding myself working with people that were better at things than I am, better at SEO, better at ads, better at um, sales funnels and all of that. And I would always tap into them and they would do these little pieces and that's what started moving my business. And I was like, Oh, you know what? Having this team behind me really started to move my business. And what happened was I was able to find these people at a better rate. And I, you know, I'm able to use them a little bit more frequently. And so I kind of learned tricks um, to making this stuff work. And I thought, what if I could duplicate this and help other small businesses and solopreneurs? And so that's what I did. So in addition to Pretty Brown Nomad, I now have sort of a digital agency called Smart and Resourceful. And basically, instead of me being this lone little virtual assistant out here saying, hey, let me write some letters for you, I now have a collective of other people that are, like I said, faster, better, smarter than me. And I'm able to take on projects now and help businesses scale their business through SEO, through Facebook ads, through sales funnels, um, through social media management. Um, I have found myself stumbling upon helping a lot of speakers lately to get speaking engagements and kind of make them put themselves out there. So it's been really cool. And um, that's been the bulk of my income lately, being able to reach out and do those business to business sales. So it has helped me not to have to work quite as much as I did in the beginning. Thankfully, I'm finally starting to wrap my brain around the whole four hour work week. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is, I mean, that's another kind of stereotype that is so untrue because even that Tim Ferriss, the author, he works like way more than four hours and almost every, <laughs> every digital nomad, every entrepreneur works way more than four hours so a day, uh, you know, uh, so unless you're right. totally on like Christmas. But I'm getting, yeah. Look, you always have to think you're getting closer, even if it's way off, it's closer than it was. Like at least I'm getting some, trying to get some more sleep at night so yes exactly you're moving the needle moving the needle <laughs> yes so uh you also have uh, this travel planner uh tell us about the conception of this idea so when did you have this idea to create this travel planner and tell us more about how it how it looks like and how does it work 
Yeah, so I have one here. It's a little bit beat up because I've been using it. But this is so cool. It's called the Wherever I Am uh, 12 month planner. Um, it's for nomads, for the modern day nomad. You can go to the nomadplanner.com. Um, this planner, I love it. Oh my gosh, I love it so much, guys. Uh, it's basically a planner that you can pick up any time of the year, document your days, your months. I guess I can just show a little bit. Um, you can write about your weeks, fill in your weeks, and then it's focused on these six things. Um, which are your income, your accommodations, your co-working space, Wi-Fi, travel plans, recreation, and relationships. I believe that these six things are really important when you're traveling frequently. And so this planner is designed so that you can work around those six things. Um, I am a productivity junkie myself. I love all kinds of planners. I have them, you know, on my computer, on my phone. I like to write it down and so it's just kind of my labor of love the thing that I thought you know what that's what I want to put out to the community and um I think that it'll be helpful for the community so yeah that's definitely something that I want everyone to check out awesome yeah make sure you check out the, the planner it definitely sounds like a great uh, resource uh, because a lot of people they keep it up in their mind they might have a Google calendar or Apple calendar but it's really good to get your ideas on the paper and uh, you you know you, you wrote about all those things that are important that the health and relationships and work and co-working and all these things that are important we tend to kind of uh, put in the back burner unless we prioritize and put it down in front of us and then you can actually see it rather than just think it in your brain. So that definitely great, great tool you've developed there. Uh, so yeah, I definitely encourage our listeners and viewers to check that out. Uh, so uh, Tali, I'm curious to know about the future. So you've been doing this for a year and a half. You've done North America, Canada, the US, you've been in the Caribbean, done quite a, place, a few places in Europe, Asia. Uh, what does the future hold? Are you planning to do other places like uh, you haven't visited? Are you planning to base yourself in a certain part of the world? Tell us a little bit about your future vision for your work, your travels, and your life. I have no plans of slowing down anytime soon, that's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've spent a great deal of time in the USA this year. So my first year, I wasn't in the U.S. hardly at all. Um this year, so we're mid midway through the year, I've been in the U.S. I plan to leave here in a few weeks, head into Costa Rica. Um, from Costa Rica, I have an idea, but I probably don't want to, I typically like to, to wait and say things. Um, but for me, I just plan to keep going. I think that the next rest of this year is all about me becoming more visible, telling my story, allowing people to get to know me. So this was a perfect way to start that by doing this podcast. Um, I just think that visibility and engagement is huge right now. Um, and so that's what's on the radar for me. I'm looking forward to partnering with more and more brands, more and more travel brands, getting out and showing people, you know, how to travel, how to travel solo, breaking the stereotypes. I love to get in front of people that look like me or have similar paths as me and to show them that they too can do it. And so that's what it's all about coming up for me. <clears throat> sounds great. Sounds great. And look forward to seeing this and uh, journey unfold, uh, Tali. So I'm curious to know what advice or tips you do give to some of our listeners of yours who haven't left corporate Canada, corporate America, corporate world, and they still work in 95, maybe a cubicle job, and they're dreaming or wishing or hoping or envying that they could live like you, Charlie, or live like me or some of the other nomads. What advice or tips would you give to that person who doesn't know the next step? Yeah, you know, um, like I said, there's lots of tools, software, coaching, development, all of that, and all those tangible things. They are necessary, I want you to know. But more so than anything, I think that mindset is huge. I think that 
wrapping your brain around the fact that it really can be done is huge. And like I said, for me, when I left, it was like, you know what, I can do three months. And so I wasn't able to get the full picture. I wasn't able to be totally there, but I was just there enough to make it happen. And, um, you know, I remember somebody said something like, um, I would be afraid to do that. And I remember saying, I'm afraid not to do it. Like, I can't even imagine still going to an office, still being miserable, having foregone all of the things that I have experienced. I mean, if you are waiting on a sign, on a wake-up call, this is it. I talk to clients all the time. And like I said, I love to reach people that are highly unlikely to do something like this. There are things you can do with your assets, your home, your car. Is your car going to take you to the places that your soul is really craving for you to go? You know, um, it, it just comes down to really thinking about what's important to you. Do you need that big of a salary? Is there a way that you can take a cut and believe in yourself? You know what I mean? And it's like, I think for so long, we, I went along thinking, oh, if somebody would just invest in me, if somebody would just, you know, believe in me. And finally, it was like, why don't you believe in and invest in yourself? And so that would be my advice to really, really get your mind wrapped around the idea that it is absolutely possible. And I'm always willing to help you do that. If you want to reach out to me, I love to help people with their mindset, but that is huge. Yes, and uh, you know, part of the reason we interview all these nomads and world travelers is to show it is possible and to show living case studies and living examples that we have done 430 episodes and we're going to keep going. We'll hit 500 soon and uh, yeah, definitely there's so many examples and if one person can do it, I truly believe that anyone can. So yeah, you know, reach out to Tali if you can identify with her story and uh, you know, if you're a you know, solo female traveler as well, I think uh, she's definitely... Uh, well, uh, talk about that. Maybe you could talk about that angle as well in terms of uh, a lot of uh, women. They might have fears that us men maybe don't. Uh, how have you dealt with those fears about traveling solo as a woman around the world? Well, so women, you're smart. You're smart. Like, don't overthink this thing. You know what I mean? You're smart when you walk around your hometown. You're smart when you travel. You know, uh, there's so many resources and so many ways to plan things out now. Um, it's just a matter of you finding out what those resources are. It's a matter of you digging in and researching enough until you feel comfortable. Um, that's it. Just stop. Just get rid of the chatter. Get rid of the ideas. Find people that will tell you that it's possible. Find examples of people that have done it. Look at the path that they've done. There's nothing new under the sun anymore. You know, think everything's been done. Find somebody who's done it. Model them. And just be smart. You're, you're, you're smart. I mean, you're smarter than you're giving yourself credit for. It is really not that serious. I mean, obviously, if you read up on something, it's going to tell you safe or not. You know how to read. You know how to listen. You know how to come on. It's, it's 2018. We, we can travel. We can do this. We, we can do anything. Come on. <laughs> and your whole company is called Smarter Resourceful, right? So you can uh, definitely have the street smarts and uh, find the resources. There's so much online from YouTube videos to podcasts to blogs. And uh, uh, you mentioned like things like coaching and training and programs and courses, etc. So yeah, Tali, I just wanted to thank you. You've been a wealth of info and insight. Uh, if people wanted to connect, uh, you know, on those different fronts, uh, your blog, your business, the planner. Tell us again about those uh, websites and, of course, your social media as well. 
Yeah, for the planner, definitely go to thenomadplanner.com and you can reach me at prettybrownnomad.com. Um, go over there, sign up for my mailing list, if nothing else. If you have a direct question, you want to chat with me, I offer these quick 30-minute uh, sessions that you can do with me. Just email me at info at prettybrownnomad.com. I also offer coaching and consulting that goes even deeper. But just to get yourself started, if you want to reach out, I'm at info at prettybrownnomad.com. Alrighty, nice and easy, nice and easy. I'll have those links below. Once again, prettybrownnomad.com and of course at travelplanner.com and smarterresourceful.com. Uh, make sure you connect with Tali and uh, she's uh, uh, definitely a wealth of uh, info and info uh, and expertise and experience in uh, this area of working online, being a digital nomad and traveling the world. Uh, so Tali, uh, thanks again from beautiful Florida and we look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you so much, Ricky. Have a good night. Thank you, uh, thank you, uh, Tali, and thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode. Make sure you follow Tali on her Digital Nomad journey. Make sure you follow us as well. We're at daddyblogger.com, and of course, we're digitalnomadmastery.com. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast. That really helps us uh, get ranked on iTunes, and uh, make sure you follow us on YouTube as well to watch the video versions of all of these podcast episodes. Uh, so thanks, everyone, and we'll catch up with you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world.